I guess somebody thought I was going to be sweating this morning. Woo. You out there? <laughs> Bring those lights up a little bit. Well, last week, uh, right before the worship service in the meeting, Drew Feltz ruined my week. He started singing New Leaf to the tune of Jolene. I've been in my head all week long. New leaf, new leaf. You're welcome. Now it's you. Well, it's a new year. It's a new leaf. And today we're going to be talking about how we get out of those boxes that have us trapped. The desires that keep us stuck. You ever heard of a monkey trap? I'm going to describe it to you. A monkey trap is something like you take a gourd, it's hollowed out, and there's a hole in it, and maybe the gourd is is uh, chained to a tree. And, uh, and someone who wants to catch a monkey, I don't know why they want to catch a monkey, but anybody who wants to catch a monkey, uh, they do this and they, they put something into the gourd and, and then the monkey reaches in, so the, the hole is big enough for him to reach in uh, and, and grab whatever's in there and then uh, it won't be able to pull his fist out uh, holding the thing that he's grabbed and won't let go of the thing he's grabbed. <laughs> Because he wants it, right? But he's stuck. What has you stuck? What desire has you stuck? What desire has you stuck? Everybody has desires. Desire's a good thing. We talked about that last week. But some of our desires are misguided. And we can't let go of them because we don't know what's going to replace them. What desire has you in a box? What desire has you stuck? I believe that people can change. Do you? Do you believe people can change? That's, that, that, is a, that is a core value and principle of, of this church. Because the gospel isn't just a ticket to get into heaven. Now, sometimes we think uh, that, that our faith is just about getting the answers right and, and following Jesus in sort of an abstract way. And, and so we're on the right team now, and we're going to get into heaven. But the gospel is about life change here and now. It's why I do what I do, honestly. What, what, what fires me up, what gets me up in the morning, even when I'm weary, is the, the belief, the conviction that life can change, that, that the gospel changes lives. I, I, and I believe that, that everybody needs to, to undergo a, a certain series of changes. And they're not all in sequence, but here, here are five changes. I think everybody needs to go from outside to inside. Not just in terms of church, but in terms of, of kingdom and the kingdom values. From hurting to healing. From sitting to serving. From serving to leading, and from leading to multiplying. I believe over the course of our lives, we're always going from outside to inside, from hurting to healing, sitting to serving, serving to leading, leading to multiplying. Not always in sequence, but but over the course of our lives, God is getting grace where it needs to go, and it changes us as we go. And so this morning, we're going to talk about how does God change us by changing our desires through his invitation to ask, seek, and knock. From the Word of God, 
Matthew chapter 7, starting with verse 7. Follow along in your Bibles, if you will. This is the English Standard Version. Hear God's word this morning. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Let me continue with a couple more verses here. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much... It's kind of funny, isn't it? If you, if you ask for a fish, you give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? May God bless us today through this His holy word. Let us pray. God bless us today through your word, not only to our, our heads to understand it, but our hearts to receive it, that we may live it through our hands and our feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Ask, seek, and knock. Here we go. These are the three ways that God, through his invitation to ask, seek, and knock, God changes our desires. First, he invites us to ask. And I have to get technical with you a second because it's not only just to ask, but to ask and keep on asking. This is an imperative, imperfect. So, Ask, seek, and knock are all in this particular tense. Imperative, imperfect. And, and it's very simple. Imperative means do it, right? Go do this. But, but do it in such a way that, that it's an ongoing thing. It's not something that's perfected or it's done in a perfect way. Ask. Wherever you are, whatever's in you, ask it. Because in so doing, when we ask, we discover what we want right now. What is it that we want? Not what should be what we want. Ask what's there, not what should be there. This is so critically important. And guess what? I see us getting this wrong all the time. We think that Christianity is about figuring out what we should ask, and then we pretend that we want it. <laughs> right? What's the right answer? Well, this is what I'm supposed to want, and so I'm going to ask for that. Now, Jesus is giving us an incredible invitation this morning. Ask for what you want. Do you know what that is? In asking it and bringing it to God, we figure it out. And it's really important to do that. Ask and keep on asking so you can figure out what you really want. This is an amazing invitation because, I mean, think about it, when... When we're calling upon the name of God and asking him for something, I mean, how do you feel when somebody calls on, on you in the house? Maybe you're sitting there, you're relaxing, you got the paper, and someone calls your name, right? You hear your name. Now think of your name, right? And you hear it out there, and someone calls your name. It, it's very difficult to ignore that, isn't it? And then they ask you for something. It's hard to do this with a family dog, right? I mean... We've got a dog named Georgia. She's a chocolate lab, and, and she knows how to tap dance. She's good. She's really good. 
And she thinks that tap dancing will, will, get, will get what she wants, right? So, so when we're cleaning up, somebody, I don't know who did this, but somebody, when, when we were cleaning up, uh, gave her something off the plate, maybe a little leftover or something. I can't imagine who would have done such a thing. And now it's like there's this pattern, this expectation that if she sits there and she looks cute, you know, dogs are amazing. They can kind of turn their head a little bit and they make that little noise, you know, just that little noise. I'm not going to mimic it, but you know what noise I'm talking about. And it's just the right pitch, right? I mean, how can you say no to that, right? How can you say no to that? You don't. I mean, even for us, with the family dog, how difficult is it to stand there when, when there is a desire? Imagine that. God is saying, bring your desire before me. You say, well, well he's God, and he knows what we really need, and he knows what, what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day and forever, so that's no big deal to him. And yet, and yet, and yet, remember when Jesus was outside the tomb of Lazarus and he knew he was going to be able to heal Lazarus. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus to new life and yet he wept. What does that tell you? That when we ask God, when we bring our desires before him, he's in our moment. Do you see how amazing that is that he invites us to bring our desires? He loves you. And for you to bring something that you desire before him, you, you've got to imagine that, that that affects him. Of course it does. And yet, he is willing for you to do it. And you have to, you have to bring what you really want. You have to get honest. Even if it's an honest... Your honest questions tell you about you. Did you know that? Questions are so important. What are the questions that you hold on to? What are the things that you would ask? You know, sometimes you, you, you hear people say, that's one of those things I'm going to ask God, the first things that I'm going to ask God when I get into heaven. Well, you're going to be standing behind me at least <laughs> if I'm there before you. You're going you're to be in a long line. No, all things are going to be revealed and we'll be, we'll be understanding all things and, and we're going to be going, ah, oh, I see, that makes sense. We're not going to be frustrated with our questions. But he doesn't want you to remain frustrated with your questions. Ask and keep on asking. Even if it's your doubts. Even if it's tough questions, ask those things. Why? Frederick Buechner said it this way. He said, doubts are the ants in the pants of faith. I respect and love tough questions. I love questions. I've told, you, I've told some of you before, I've got a whole stack of three-by-five questions of, that, that people have asked me over the ages, just, I mean, over the, from age to age that I've worked with, even especially younger kids, you know, did, did, did Adam have a navel, you know, those kinds of crazy questions, you know, it's like, I've got a stack of questions like that, I love questions. Ask your honest questions. I'm serious, this is so important. You all get into a, maybe a, a small group Bible study and you, 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 you're going to waste your time by pretending that you're just supposed to say the right answers. Stop wasting your time. What do you really care about? What do you really want? What are you really asking? Be honest about that so that you know. Bring it before God. He already knows. He wants you to ask and keep on asking so that you know what you really want.
can't change what you don't know. You know, sometimes people will come and they apologize for telling me that something's broken around here. You know, I'm not talking about a door hinge. I'm talking about something else, something they're upset about. And they apologize. And I, I say, you know, I cannot fix what I don't know is broken. If I didn't know that that was, that, that we were walking around with spinach in our teeth here, then I, you know, I wouldn't know, right? And so with you. Ask your honest questions so you know what you really want. That's the first step in God beginning to change our desires. Second is this, seek. And you know what's next, right? Seek and keep on seeking. Seek and keep on seeking. It's not just a turn the tassel, I saw it yesterday, I'm done, done seeking. Seek and keep on seeking. Why? Because people who are seekers, who are true seekers, they're steering, right? It's a moving car. People who are truly seeking are willing to be guided. They are steering towards what they really want, what they really desire. And they are willing, true seekers are willing to follow where the desire, the object of their desire should go. Did you follow what I'm saying? True seekers seek what they really, really need. They're open. They're malleable to being led towards what really will satisfy. That means we have to live with a certain degree of uncertainty. 1 Corinthians 13 says, now we see in a mirror dimly, right? You see yourself in a mirror dimly, right? You don't know your full you. You don't know yourself very well. You don't. The scripture says, what, what, what kind of father, if a son asked for bread, would give him a stone, asked for a fish, would give him a snake? Well, what kind of father, let, let's put it this way, what kind of father, if the son or daughter asked for a, a snake, would give him the snake, right? Or asked for a stone when he really needed bread, would give him a stone, What kind of father, when you have a desire that's not good for you, would give it to you? Now, occasionally, actually, I think he does give it to us. He gives us the things that we don't really need in order for us to learn, right? To learn that we don't really need that thing. Lead me not into temptation. That's, that, don't let it be required that I need temptation and I need the lessons of it, right? What kind of father though, in the long run, would say, I know you've been given, you've been asking me for bread and bread, but I'm just going to give you a stone and stone and stone. See, when we, when we seek, he promises that we'll find because a seeker is in pursuit and willing to be steered towards what he really needs. Psalm 37, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Make the desires of your heart known. Make your wishes known to God, and he will give you the desires that you should have. He will give you the desires of your heart. I know you thought of it a different way. He's going to give you the desires. I really wanted a Porsche Carrera, right? Okay, But I didn't get that. Oh, yes, that's what I got. No, I'm really happy about that. I got a Porsche Carrera. That was the desire of my heart, and that's not what Psalm 37 is about. That's not what seeking is about. Seeking. It's about finding what you really, really need. It's not to turn God into some sort of, you know, 
ecclesiastical ATM machine, right? No. Ask and keep on asking. Dallas Willard, one of the great Christian minds of the 20th century, he said it this way. He said, uh, you, need, you need a vision, you need intention, and you need the means. V-I-M, vim. Okay, so let's consider what it means to be a seeker for a second in those three steps. First, you need a vision. All right, there's a vision for, for, for uh, what God wants for you, and that is your full humanity. Think of it this way. What if, what if you want to learn a foreign language, right? You, you need sort of a vision. Why do I want to do that? It takes a lot of effort to learn a foreign language. I mean, what's going to get you up and, and get the discipline? You need to know why you're going to use it and what kind of person, what, where you're going to be and the kinds of things you're going to do. You need a vision for, for the, the person who is bilingual, right? You need a vision for learning a foreign language. You don't kind of wake up every day and go, gosh, I sure hope that today... I'll learn more French, <laughs> right? You don't just kind of go on day after day and, and, and thinking, uh, you know, Lord, help me learn French. You need intention. You need a vision. You need intention. Grace, the grace of God that, that brings you your full humanity, the grace of God is, is not in conflict with effort. It's in conflict with earning Unmerited favor is God's free gift to you. You need to receive it as a gift. But you need to get up and receive it intentionally. There's nothing wrong with effort as long as you don't think it's earning you something. Right? Vision, intention, and then the means. What are the means? What are your means of grace? What are the means of grace of, of becoming more, of, of seeing more clearly in the mirror who you really are and what you really want? What are the means of understanding your desires, in other words? Maybe you need to develop a devotional life that you don't have yet, or maybe you need to take your devotional life to the next step. And so this morning I have for you something to take with you, a, a sheet that, that, uh, that we've put together for you. It has... Um, five steps, five steps to having a morning devotion or a quiet time. And, and it starts just sort of in the most basic way. It'll only, it'll only take you seven minutes if you follow this, these instructions. Well, what are you going to read? Well, on the left-hand side of that panel or on the back if they folded it, that panel over, uh, are uh, directions to finding in version a reading plan. And, and, and if, if you're intimidated by reading through the Bible um, in one year, don't, don't think of it like, oh, well, it's too late. This is what most people think. They think, all right, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's middle of January. It's too late. Maybe next year I can read through the Bible because I didn't start on January 1st. You're not off the hook, okay? If you were to start today reading through, it doesn't have to be right on the date, right on uh, New Year's Day. If you start today and you stick with it for six months, I guarantee you, you will finish before Christmas. If you stick with it that long, you don't have to start on January 1st. But what I would say to you is try one of the 21-day plans. Just get started. Try a 30-day plan. We've given you all kinds of different categories. And if you're a student, start from the bottom and choose one of those bottom three that we suggest. Those are most suited to students. And so maybe you need your vision clarified a little bit. Maybe you need intention. You need the means of grace. We see in a mirror dimly. We need to continue to seek. Who am I? Who is God? 
What do I really want? That's the second way. Seek and keep on seeking. Second way that God begins to, to change our lives by changing our desires. And finally this, knock and keep on knocking. Knock and keep on knocking. Knock until your wants, what you really desire, lines up with what you really need. It's pretty simple, right? Except in practice. <laughs> because what we want, not everything we want is what we need. And there are things we need that we don't yet want. And so knock and keep on knocking. Now what's this about? What's this image about? This is sort of a, a very concrete image. Think of that. Knock and keep on knocking. Does that mean you're just standing at the door and it never opens? I don't think so. I don't think so. Think of it as intimacy with God and through his grace. All right, you're knocking on the front door and that front door opens and there you are in the entry hall. What's the next door you might need to knock on? All right, there, you're welcome. You're, you're in. You're, you've moved from outside to inside. Can you go further in? Where do you need to go next? In, into the living room, maybe, where you sit down and there's more sense of, a, of, of, of comfort and dialogue with God, right? The reason why Jesus is so confident, you ever think about this? He says, ask it will be given, seeking you will find, knock it will be open. Why is he so confident? You have to ask yourself that question. Am I really going to get what I'm looking for? And Jesus is so confident about that. Do you know why? Here's the reason why. Because grace is sweet. And so when you experience grace, it's like late potato chips. You can't just eat just one, right? right? <laughs> Remember the old commercial, you know, the lake? No, you don't. Most of you don't. That's terrible. I just had that moment when I realized that most of the room has never seen the commercial. Lay's potato chips. You can't eat just one, right? They're salty. You got to keep after. I mean, grace is like that. When you experience grace in a place where you thought that, that, that only you could be rejected, it's sweet. And you will want more and more of it. You're going to knock on the next door and the next door. But a lot of times we, we get so far in and we start listening to a different voice and thinking, that we don't deserve to be in there in the first place. You're lucky to be in the hallway, right? That's what you think. And so when maybe later on this spring you get nominated for an office here, you know, like we're, we're, this morning we're going to, in just a couple minutes, we're going to uh, celebrate those who have uh, assumed the office of deacon and elder. You might think to yourself, I don't deserve that phone call. I don't deserve to be serving in there. I'm lucky to be in the foyer. And Jesus is saying, there's more for you. Knock and keep on knocking. I'll finish with this little, uh, this little uh, current image of, of what Jesus is talking about when he says knock and keep on knocking, to change the desires of your heart, to line up your wants with your needs. Have you all seen this, uh, this new Netflix series? I haven't seen an episode yet, but I've seen the trailer, and it's Marie Kondo um, tidying up. And I watched this trailer, and there are these people that invite invite this woman into uh, their homes to help them tidy up, right? And it's, it's horrible. It's like, you know, you think about uh, the way you want to clean up before people come over. I mean, these people are living in like piles and piles of stuff, and it is embarrassing. It's amazing they invite her into their home 
And, but what struck me on this trailer was this woman's deep insight, she said. And, and she's in tears, and she's, she's experienced the grace of this woman coming into her life and not judging the fact that she had, you know, 14 years of, of the New York Times piled up in, in her closet, right? And, and she's invited this woman to her home, and, she's not, and, and, and this woman isn't saying, shame on you, what's wrong with you? Why did you pile up all this stuff? What, what's the matter with you? She's just saying, she says this, keep what sparks joy. Isn't that amazing? What a picture of the gospel that is. Someone coming into your personal space, not shaming you, but inviting you to keep the things that really, really bring you joy. And this woman in tears, she's experienced this in one room of her house and she's realized my life is different and I'm invited. But then she says to herself, she says, I just hope that I will have the strength to sustain this change. She realizes she, the, 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 the pile-up stuff is just an outward sign of something that's stuck in here. Ask, seek, knock, and keep on doing it knowing that what God, the means of grace of God, ah, it's sweet. And the more you experience it, the more you'll want. Let's pray together. Holy God, thank you so much for your grace that finds us in places where we feel self-loathing and rejection. And in this year, in this year, as we seek to turn over a new leaf. May you help us go higher up and further in. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.